is also a worshipful man. The man that fears the Lord is also a prayerful man. And Cornelius was such a man. And a man that fears the Lord is also a man that gives. Amen? Hallelujah. And then it says concerning the, in Cornelius again in Acts 10 verse 31. You know, after Peter came to his house and was speaking to Cornelius, um, and Cornelius said to him, four days ago I was fasting, that's verse 30, until this hour and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing, that was an angel, and said, Cornelius, your prayer is heard, and your alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Now all prayers are heard because we pray in the name of Jesus. But it also says that his giving was a, as a memorial before God. Is that this giving was a reminder. Hey, Cornelius trusts you. Cornelius is believing on you. Well, your giving is also a memorial. It is also a reminder that you are putting your faith and your trust in God. It is a reminder of your devotion to God. Amen? So your giving is also put God in remembrance. Hallelujah. Does that make sense to you? Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Well, here's an opportunity for you to give in faith for you to give in the fear of the Lord, for you to give in reverence for God, for you to give because it's right, and for you to give because you love and you magnify him. Amen. If you need an envelope for your giving, you can indicate by raising your hands. If you online, there are various ways in which you can give. Uh, if you don't, you can download our app, TLMHCA, and you can give through the app as well, or you can give through the website. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. You are blessed as you give. The needs of the people are met. The needs of the house of God are met in Jesus' name. There truly is none like you. You alone are God. Lord, we adore you. We adore and exalt you. Hallelujah. Let's have it. Let's stand. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, I want you to believe with me today. Um, this life, if you're sick, is not nice. Amen? Now, I know God is gracious. But the whole issue of divine health, divine health, and I'm not just talking about divine healing, I'm talking about divine health. No one should feel condemned if they have to deal with sickness. No one should be condemned if we, if we have some struggles. There's no It's not about that. Yet at the same time, as much as I'm talking about divine health, you know, there is that worldly thought that says, shoot for the stars, and at least you might hit the clouds. <coughs> clouds are far below the stars. <laughs> and I understand that. But then that statement kind of indicates as if it's really, really out of reach. It cannot be done. But the issue of divine health is not reaching for the stars. It's something that is truly available. It really is available. Being able to live in a place where you don't get sick. Now, it's a bit of a foreign thought because it's a contrary thought to what our experiences have been and what we've seen around us. And we've seen great people of God that have been taken out with sickness and disease. So who am I? Who are you? Who are us with our, with our weaknesses and shortcomings to expect to have a, 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 to walk in divine health when great men of God haven't? 
But then you see, it's not a proposition based on our works. It is a proposition that is one of grace, based on what Jesus has paid for. It is a proposal that has to do with what Jesus has finished and with the very love of God. However, there is a part that we have in it in order for it to become our reality, our experience, and our testimony. And it is that we must think correctly, have the right attitude, and we must also, we must also have the spirit of faith. Amen? So I want us to pray right now, and I want you to ask God that as this word goes forth today, that he would do a couple of things. Number one, that he would so infuse and affect your thinking that you will begin to think right as in this area of divine health. And then secondly, that he would stir up the spirit of faith that he has already placed on the inside of you. That that spirit of faith will rise up and it will become dominant in your life and it will manifest in your attitudes and in your speaking and in your action in spite of what might be happening around you. Amen? Amen. So let's ask God to do that right now. Let's put your hand on your heart and lift up the next hand before God. This is an act of faith. And say, Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, based on the authority of the blood of Jesus, give me today a spirit of wisdom, a spirit of revelation. Give me understanding so that my thinking will be changed and become like yours in this area of divine health. Stir up the spirit of faith that you have placed in my spirit. Stir it up. Let it rise up and dominate me for the rest of the days of my life. Father, I ask this in the name of Jesus and I receive it right now by faith. So I lift up both hands and I thank you for changing my thinking and making it like yours. I thank you for the spirit of faith rising up and overshadowing me in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's have a seat. Praise the Lord God forevermore. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Turn with me to Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11 and we will begin at the last verse. Romans chapter 11. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Romans chapter 11, verse 36. For of him, and through him, and to him are all things. 
to whom be glory forever. The Amplified says, for from him, from Christ, and through Christ, and to Christ, are all things. For all things originate with him, come from him, and all things live through him, and all things center in and tend to consummate and to end in him. This issue of divine health, there's a couple things we have to have in place. This is a divine proposal. This is not something that is natural. It is supernatural and divine. The issue of divine health is one that it is, it is from Christ. It is from Christ, not from the doctors, not from, 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 from those things, and wonderful as those things are, but it is from Christ, and it is through the very person of Christ who incidentally lives inside your spirit, and it is to Christ. The Bible says our bodies are the temple of God, and he is to be glorified in our body and in our mind, is it not? Second. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20. You are bought with a price. You are not your own. Your body belongs to God. You, you walking and living in divine health is, brings glory to God. The Bible says in Psalms 67, verse 1, God be merciful unto us and bless us, empower us to be totally successful and prosperous, Cause your face and your countenance to shine upon us. Why? That your way might be known upon the earth. And that your, your saving help might be, might be known among all nations. So divine help is, is from Christ. It is through Christ. And it is to him. It is for his glory. In other words, it all consummate and it all um, is centered in him. That's very important. Now it goes on to say, I beseech you therefore, brethren, that being the case, I beseech you, I appeal to you, I plead with you by the very mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Present your body a living sacrifice. Holy acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service. Now it's a living sacrifice. In the Old Testament when you presented a sacrifice a bull, a goat, a ram, a sheep that sacrifice was dead when it was placed on the altar, was it not? It couldn't go anywhere. It had to stay there because it was dead. But when you present your body and you present yourself as a living sacrifice, recognizing that you've been crucified with Christ the old man was buried with him and that you were resurrected with him, and you were made to sit together at the Father's right hand, and you've been washed by the blood of Jesus, and you've been given authority in the name of Jesus to live and to have life by, and you have the very life of Christ in you, and you've been given great and precious promises that you might partake of his divine nature. When you present yourself a living sacrifice, and you place yourself on the altar identifying with what Jesus did on the cross, and you reckon yourself to be dead indeed. The fact is, yes, I'm reckoning myself to be dead. But you know what? You are alive in the sense that you can jump off the altar. 
You could go back to your old way of thinking and being. So you're a sacrifice, but you're a living sacrifice. You have the option. Amen? Did you get that? So it says, understanding that everything comes, that it is in Christ and through Christ and it's to his glory for him to be magnified. You must present yourself a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, separated unto God. It is your reason of the service. And I appeal unto you and plead with you that you do it. And, verse 2, don't be conformed to the world. Don't fashion yourself and adapt yourself to the world's way of thinking. Don't think the way you used to think. Don't think like carnal believers that don't have the knowledge of God. Don't think like those who, who think that, well, you never know what God is going to do. God might heal, he might not heal. No, 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 no. Don't think that way. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And if you do these things, present your recognizing everything is from him, if you also identify with the sacrifice of Christ, crucified with him, and don't be conformed to the word, but get your mind and your thinking renewed to the word of God, here is what happened. You will be able to prove what's God's good, acceptable, and perfect will. And that's divine help. In other words, then, in order for you to have and to live in divine health, it will be necessary to recognize that Jesus is the source, and it is for his glory, and you must also let your, think, let your soul, your thinking, your attitude be renewed. Let your thinking and your attitude be aligned with God, not with the word. We call it the renewing of the mind. And then thirdly, you must also present yourself a living sacrifice. In other words, then you must align yourself with the sacrifice of Christ and what Jesus has done and what he has done with you in that sacrifice. Amen? And then also verse 3 says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. What's thinking soberly? According as God, think like God. Who has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So you got to have that spirit of faith. Amen? Jesus is the source of all divine health. Present yourself a living sacrifice. Be lined up with the sacrifice of Christ. Let your thinking and your attitude and your mind be renewed. Get your soul in line. You prosper even as your soul prosper. God says, I wish above all things you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prosper, and have this spirit of faith. Say spirit of faith. All right. Now, understand this. Just to suppose, suppose that you were in, because again, let's get our thinking straight. Suppose you were in jail. Suppose you were in prison for crimes that you and your forefathers had committed, or even more, suppose you were in jail for crimes that the human race, including Adam, you are in jail for the crimes that the human race has committed. There is no way you'd be able to pay the fine to get out of jail. Would you? And you could not pay the fine to get out of jail. But then you found out that someone came along and that somehow 
Your fine has been paid and you are free to go. What should you do? Stay in jail or get out? What should you do? Get out. All right. Now, sickness, disease that is in the human race, that was in the human race, Because of that sickness, that sickness and disease and all of that and that death, that's the jail. And that is the jail because of sin, because of the crime of the human race. But here's what happened. Jesus paid the price for your total freedom. That's what it means in John 8, 36 when it says, Whom the Son set free is free indeed. Indeed, he cannot be any more free. Therefore, you can now have his health, his life, and live in divine health. You could be out of jail, and you could be free indeed. You can live in divine health. The price that he paid is what we call the sacrifice of Christ. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 26 says, Once, 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 for all times, Jesus appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Now, you see, sin is, the, it is by sin that death came. And sickness is death in slow motion. Hello? For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil, the root cause of it, which is sin. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12 says, this man, after he had offered one sacrifice, he sat down. Hebrews 10, 14, by one offering, by one sacrifice, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. The point is, the price that Jesus paid for you and I to have divine health is his sacrifice. The question is, what should you and I do about it? Once you find out that this price is being paid and you're going to have to stay in the jail of sickness and disease, what should you do about it? Number one, you need to know that you can live in divine health. You got to know that, that you can live in divine health because of the sacrifice, not because of your goodness, not because of how perfect you have walked, not because, uh, 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 because you were a great minister or preacher or anything else, but because of the sacrifice. You need to know that you can live in the vineyard. Number two, you also need to take practical actions. Faith without works is dead. You cannot just be a hearer and a knower and an understander, but not a doer of the word and expect to profit. So you got to take practical actions that are based on the sacrifice so that you can live in divine health. And I need to preach this without apologizing. Because you see, the idea of living, you know, we talk about healing. Hindrances to healing. Different ways by which you can receive your healing. Anointing with oil. Lay hands on the sick. Agreement, etc., etc. And that's all fine. But here we are talking about divine health, not even being sick. And you know, as I say that, I almost feel like I have to keep apologizing, but I shouldn't. But what it is, it is a challenge to come up higher. What it is, is to be as Jesus is. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. Well, if as Jesus is, so are we in this world, then we should be in this world as Jesus is. 
How is he? We are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones, and they are healed. Ephesians 5, verse 30, amen? As I said, you got to be daring. you got to be almost arrogant to think this way. But it is not arrogance. It's thinking soberly. It's thinking as God. It is the spirit of faith. Amen? We believe according as it is written. Therefore do we speak. According to what? According as it is written. Hallelujah. So let me just purposefully recap some things from last week regarding living in divine health that is based on the sacrifice of Christ. Amen? Now, you can go back last week's message, listen to it on the app or Facebook or wherever, um, and listen to it, the whole thing. But I'm going to give you a compressed, I'm giving you a compressed version here. That you can live in the bad head based on the sacrifice of Christ. Number one, the sacrifice of Christ declares that God wants you to live in divine health. Jesus said, it said in John 10, 10, the thief, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And then he also has this way of getting people to believe his deception. Amen? It's one thing to lie. There's another thing when you get people to believe your lie. Amen? <laughs> he is a deceiver, okay? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Does not abundant life, life more abundantly, should at least include divine health. Or else it's not abundant. If it is abundant life and it doesn't include divine health, then it needs to be more abundant. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil, 1 John 3 8. Colossians 1.13, you have been delivered from under the authority of the devil, for out of the kingdom of darkness, and you've been translated in the kingdom of God's dear son, the kingdom of light. Third John 2, I wish above all things you might prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. It is God's desire, will, for you to live in divine health. Ephesians 6 verse 3 says, I want you to be well, and that you might live long in the earth. Amen? With long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation and deliverance and wholeness and preservation. So the sacrifice of Christ declares that God wants you well. Number two, the sacrifice of Christ gives you the legal right to live in divine health. You see, when you know that the fine has been paid and you got a right to get out of jail, it would be kind of not too smart to stay in jail. It's not because I paid the fine. It's not because of what I could do, but because it was paid, I don't have to stay in jail. My fine has been paid. I'm free to go. Amen? When I understand the sacrifice has paid the, the price for, my, for me to have divine health, then I know I've got a legal right to it. The sacrifice declares that you've got a legal right to live in divine health. It is your birthright, says my birthright. That's the reason why Jesus said in Matthew 15, 26, healing is the what? It's the children's bread. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ? Even though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. We could say, you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ? 
Even though he was well and he had divine health and he was whole, he became sick. That you through his sickness and by his stripes you might be healed and live in divine health. It's your legal right. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, being dead to sin, that you might live unto righteousness. That oneness with him. By whose stripes you were healed. Amen? You were healed. Matthew 8, 17, he bore your sicknesses. He carried your infirmities. Isaiah 53, verse 5, surely he was bruised for our iniquity. He was healed. He'd be, he'd be, he'd be bruised for our iniquity. He bore our sorrows. He bore our grief. He bore our sickness. He bore our diseases. And by his stripes we are healed. Well, if he, but if Jesus took my sickness, took my diseases, took your diseases, took your sicknesses, and you were healed, don't you have a right then to be healed and to live in divine health? Says my legal right. Hallelujah. As Jesus is, so we are to be in this world. 1 John 4, 17. Amen? Number three, the sacrifice of Christ also reveals that you already have divine health. Everything that you're ever going to need for all eternity, every blessing that you could ever need, you already have it right now in your spirit once you are born again. The Bible says in Ephesians 1 and verse 3 that you are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Wouldn't you call divine health a spiritual blessing? The Bible also says in Romans chapter 8 verse 30, 32, He that spared not his own son. What do you mean he didn't spare his own son? He offered him up on the cross. That's the sacrifice. He that spared not his own son, how shall he not with him also freely give us? Say give. All things. Give us when? In the future? No. Give us in the past. Give us when you give Jesus. He also freely give us all things. Does that include divine health? Amen? Second Peter 1 verse 3. He's given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Does that include divine health? Second Peter 1 verse 4. Um, according to these great and precious promises... He's given us great and precious promises that by these promises we might partake of that divine nature. Is divine health part of the divine nature? Amen. Say, I got, it. I got it. The Bible also says in Romans chapter 8, verse 10, that your spirit, that, that, that the body is dead because of sin, but your spirit is life because of righteousness, because of your union with Christ. The vine and the branch have the same sap because the branch is in the vine. Your spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, does that life of Christ include divine health? Does it? Amen. Say, I got it. I got Say, I got it. I got it. Now, the Bible says again, you got to know you got it. You see, I'm saying it is so important. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 says, But thanks be to God. Who gives us the victory? How? Through the Lord Jesus Christ. Which means what? By virtue of what Jesus has done. What has Jesus done? He's offered up himself on that cross. So thanks be to God which gives us the victory that includes divine health 
through Jesus Christ and what he did when he offered himself up on that cross. Say, I got divine help. All right. Now, for the proof that you have the divine help is when you examine the, the, the sacrifice of Christ. The sacrifice of Christ includes Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, ascension, his shed blood, his name, his life, and his promises. In his death, what happened? The death of the Lord Jesus Christ, hanging on that cross, that very death, the Bible says our sicknesses was placed in him. Matthew 8, 17. Isaiah 53, verse 5 says the same thing. Isaiah 52, verse 14 says his body, his visage was so marred. It was marred more than the form of man. You looked at him on the cross, it didn't even look like a human being because of all that sickness and disease that was in him. This is death, his very death. What he did in his body is a declaration that healing and divine health belongs to you. Say, I got it. Because he paid for it. His burial. When he was buried, his burial, the Bible says in, in um, you see, the root of sickness lies where? Sin. Amen? Matthew's Romans chapter 6, verse 6 says, Knowing this, know this, that the old man is crucified with Christ. Why? That the body of sin might be destroyed, paralyzed. Have no more power. So that henceforth you don't serve sin. So his burial declares that that old man, that old sin nature, that very root of sickness and disease has come to an end. And so has generational curse. So does anything that is hereditary. You've got a new bloodline and it is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You, you, you don't have no grandfather in Christ. You only got a heavenly father. And he has no sickness, no disease. You are redeemed from every curse of the law that the blessing might be yours. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Amen? So the burial in itself declares divine health is yours. That's part of the sacrifice. Resurrection. The resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says you were raised up together with him. Does it not? First Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again. God has born again. To what? To a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to, to, to an inheritance. Incorruptible. Incorruptible. Undefined. That faded not away. That is reserved in heaven. And not in heaven meaning physical heaven, but in that realm for you. Part of that inheritance is divine health. You've been born again to it. Amen? This inheritance is yours. So resurrection declares, I already got it. Say, I got it. A sentence says you got it. Because it says, as he is, so are you in this world. Ephesians 5.30 says, says that, um, that you are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. Why does the whole sacrifice, why does the, 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 the sacrifice of Christ declare that you already have this divine health. Romans chapter 6 verse 3 says, Don't you know that as many of you as were baptized into Jesus Christ, you were baptized into his death? Therefore, you were buried with him by baptism unto death. And that like as Christ was raised up from the dead, you were also raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Therefore, you ought to walk in the newness of life. What is all of that saying? What all of that is saying is what Colossians 2.12 says. 
that you are buried in baptism with Christ. You are buried with him in baptism. And you are also raised up together with him. And it was done through the faith of the operation of God who raised Jesus from the dead. In other words, then, you were in Christ when he was on that cross. You were buried, the old man was buried. You were resurrected with him, and you were made to sit together with him at a father's right hand, washed by his blood, given his name, given his life, and given great and precious promises. You are one with a sacrifice. Now, later on, later on, we're going to start talking about some practical things. One of those practical things is communion. Because, you see, communion is an actual faith act and declaration and demonstration that I'm one with everything he did in this body that we that, re, that this bread represents. I'm one with everything he did with his shed blood that this cup of, of grape juice represents. Amen? So the sacrifice declares that this divine health is yours. It belongs to you. You already got it. That's what Jesus said in John 19, 30, when he says, it is finished, and he gave up the ghost. Romans 6, verse 14 says, remember, the root of sickness, the root of death is sin. Sickness is death in slow motion. The root of it all is sin. Amen? And therefore, you see, it says, Romans 6, verse 14, sin shall not have dominion over you. For you're not under the law, but you're under grace. You're not getting what you deserve. You're getting what Jesus paid for. So then, sin shall not have dominion over you. You can say sickness and disease shall not have any dominion, rule, and lordship over this body. Because I'm not under the law. I'm not getting what I deserve. I'm not getting based on my works and my conduct. But I'm under grace. I'm getting what Jesus deserves. I'm getting what Jesus has paid for. And so when I pray in the name of Jesus, I'm saying, Father, if you would do it for Jesus, I believe and expect that you would do it for me. Because it's based in his name. Are you with me? Amen. Hallelujah. Now there's a radical change in one's thinking in order to go off in this direction of living in divine health. And as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You have been saved by what? Grace. How? True faith. Not of works that any man should boast. Divine health belongs to you. It's a proposition of grace. It's a proposition of faith. The spirit of faith. It is recognizing that it is all by him and through him and to his glory. But our thinking must be changed. And it's all based on the sacrifice of Christ. Amen? So, then the other thing is, how then do we apply the sacrifice? The sacrifice of Christ must now be applied for you to take, for you to take your healing, for you to take your divine health. And let me say this: the devil is a thief, the devil is a deceiver, the devil is a liar, the devil is a murderer. Amen. Sickness and disease is one of his <coughs> weapons designed to kill. Amen. And therefore, because you have this legal right to divine health, because Jesus has paid for it, and because once God wants you to live in divine health, and because you have it in your spirit, 
Doesn't mean you will experience it in your body if you don't cooperate with God. If you don't apply faith. If you don't receive it by faith. Amen? And, you, and it takes an attitude. It takes a tenacity. It takes a spirit of faith. The Bible says in Matthew 11 verse 12 that the kingdom of God suffers violence. But the violent taking it by force. You have got to have a violent approach and mindset where your divine health is concerned. It says in, in, in Matthew, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 12, lift up the hands which hang down on feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet. Lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but rather let it be healed. You got to have a mindset that says, hands, you rise up, don't hang down. Feeble knees, you be strong. Lame, you be turned out of the way. Be healed. I demand healing in my system. You've got to have that mindset. There is a spirit of faith that is necessary. What do you mean spirit of faith? Philemon says that the faith that works, the communication of your faith becomes effective when you acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ. You have got to acknowledge it is finished. It is done. This divine healing has been paid for. It belongs to me. You've got to be able to have that kind of declaration. What else is faith? Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. In other words, faith calls it the way it is in the spirit. Faith says it's my inheritance. I already got it. By his stripes I were healed. And if I were healed, then I am healed. Hallelujah. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5, examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith. And then it goes on to say, if Christ indeed is in you. When you declare that Christ is in you, you just declare in Christ, who is my help, is in me. That is, a, that is part of that spirit of faith. And you've got to operate in that spirit of faith. Let me just show you this very quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Flip over there for a moment. I didn't say this is going to be without a fight. 1 Timothy 6 verse 12 says, you got to fight the good fight of faith. There's a fight involved. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 4, reading from verse 7. It says, we've got this treasure. In, 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 we have got this treasure in earthen vessels. You have got divine healing, health, the spirit of Christ himself living on the inside of you. So that the excellency of power may be of God and not of us. When you begin to walk and manifest divine health, it is because it is to the glory of God, the excellency is of him. But here we are, we trouble on every side, but we're not distressed. Perplexed. And Paul had a lot of trouble, man. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted. But no, he never leaves me, never forsakes me. Cast down, but I'm not destroyed. What kind of mindset is that? Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Always living in that identification where I'm crucified with Christ and it is now the life of Christ in me and I'm raised up with him. Always living in that identification so that even when there is trouble, even when there is perplexities, even when there is persecution, I don't let none of these things move me. Are you with me? That's part of the spirit of faith. It is going to go on to say in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 17 that that light affliction, that, 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 that trouble, that perplexity, that persecution, that kind of stuff, that is but a light affliction and it's only for a moment. 
and it's going to work a far more exceeding eternal way to glory, providing I'm not looking at that, but I'm looking at the things that are not seen. I'm looking at the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says that if you don't keep looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, but you keep looking at the circumstances, you keep being moved by the perplexities, you keep being moved by the persecution, you keep being moved by the symptoms in your body, then the Bible says if you do that, you're going to faint in your heart. You're going to become weary and you will faint. That leads to a thing called discouragement. Coming from where? From where you're looking. And where you, if you're looking at the wrong stuff, you're going to think wrong, and it's going to produce, instead of faith, it produces discouragement. It will produce fear. You're going to become beaten down. But Paul says, no, no, no. I am not denying that these things have been happening. I'm not denying the persecution, but I'm telling you, I'm not forsaken. I'm not denying, cast down, but I'm telling you, I'm not destroyed. Trouble on every side. Hey, hey, but I am not distressed. Perplexed, but no, I'm not in despair. I'm always living in this identification of being crucified with Christ, bearing, bearing, living in this place, being identified and crucified with Christ. Always, always, always bearing about in my body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Christ would be made manifest in my body. The next verse is made manifest in my mortal flesh. Because as I do that, his life being manifested in our mortal flesh, that's divine death. Amen? Amen? So then you see, verse 12, death works in us, but life in you. We have this. We have the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believe. Therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. What is the spirit of it? No matter what perplexities, no matter all of that stuff, I'm always living in this identification that I'm one with Jesus in his sacrifice, and as a result, his life, his life that divine health is made manifest. This necessary. So when we talk about what do I do, how do I apply this sacrifice, it's going to take that spirit of faith no matter what. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So, when we look at it, so then that is why now in the application, in the faith application, the Bible says in Acts 20 verse 32, Paul says, I commend you to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you your inheritance in the saints. In other words, that word of God, this application of faith will cause your inheritance of divine health to be made manifest. Now, in the last four aspects of the sacrifice of Christ, the blood, the name, the life of Christ, and the promises of God, each one of them, when you, when you learn to apply the blood and apply the name and apply the life of Christ in you and the promises of God, they will actually cause that divine life to flow. Example, the blood. The blood declares, you see the, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ declares that a person who made this will died. And therefore, everything that is in that will is in force. And you've got a right to it. Amen? When a person makes a will die, the will is in force, is it not? Well, the one that made his will is Jesus, and he died. Hebrews 9, verse 16 to 20, so every detail, every grace, abundance of grace, the gift of righteousness is all yours so that you can reign in this life by virtue of the sacrifice of Christ. Romans 5, 17. The name of Jesus is the very authority of Jesus himself. So with the name of Jesus, you can take, you, can, you have a right 
You can rightfully enforce what belongs to you. John 20, 31 says, we have life through his name. The life of Christ, the life of Christ that is in you. The life of Christ in you is the very anointing of God. It is the very spirit of God. Romans 8, 12 says, the same spirit that raised up Christ in the dead will quicken your mortal body. Isaiah 10, 27 says, that anointing breaks every yoke and it removes burdens. Amen? Philippians 3, 20 and 21 says, when that anointing rises up, it will cause your vile body to become like unto his glorious body. That's divine health. Philippians 3, 20 and 21, amen? The promises of God, by these we partake of the divine nature. 2 Peter 1, 4, it draws out that divine nature. Amen? So, the fact of the matter is, God wants you to live in divine health. You've got a legal right to live in divine health, and you can live in divine health. All things are possible to you as a believer, and God has given you the very sacrifice and its application to be able to do so. The end result of the whole thing, this is what you've got to accomplish to live in divine health. This must be your reality. Romans chapter 8 verse 2 says, The law of the spirit of life in Christ makes you free from the law of sin and death. The law of that life, the law that governs the life of Christ in you, that law, when that law is kicked in, and when you're operating in, and you're functioning in that law, and you're having that life of Christ operating, then the law of sin and death and sickness and disease becomes somewhat paralyzed. They don't have that same authority. It's like an airplane. Gravity exists. But because of the law of lift, once that engine is going, that plane will keep on flying, even though gravity is still real. Are you with me? Amen? Now let me just give you a couple of very quick practical steps that you can, some practical actions that you can execute on a daily, weekly, uh, uh, often basis so that you can experience that divine health. Number one, communion. Say communion. communion. All right. Now in John chapter 6 and verse 48, it says, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am that bread of life that we, that we, that we that is symbolizing communion. He says, I am the bread of life. Your fathers, they eat manna in the wilderness, and they are dead. Verse 20, verse 50. But this is the bread which came down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. He says, I am that living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. The bread that I will give him is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Verse 50, um, verse the Jews, therefore, strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, Except you, you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and you drink his blood. Except you, you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and you drink his blood, you have no life in you. But whosoever eateth my flesh, and drinketh my blood, hath eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day. Hallelujah. Because my flesh is meat indeed. It's divine health. And my blood is drink indeed. It enforces what I did in my body. And it enforces what I sealed with my blood. For my flesh is meat indeed. And my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwells in me. And I in him are operating in that oneness with me. Your spirit is life because of that oneness. Hallelujah. As the, as the living Father had, had sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth of me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, 
Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead, but he that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Amen. Let me give you some scripture. Say communion. communion. Say my common union with what Jesus has done. Okay, first Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16 says, The cup of blessing, this cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion or our common union and fellowship with the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion, the common fellowship, and our sharing in the body of Christ? First Corinthians chapter 11, read it from verse 23. Jesus says, verily, for, for, uh, uh, Paul, Paul, Paul speaking, he says, For I have received of the Lord that which he delivered unto me, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Paul was not there when that happened in the upper room. But he got this by revelation. This is the same Paul that had the revelation of grace, the revelation of redemption, the revelation of righteousness, the revelation of Christ in you, the hope of glory. And he says, when he had given thanks, Jesus broke it, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this that you might keep it in the forefront of your thinking. Amen? And after the same manner also, he took the cup. And when he had stopped saying, This cup, this is the New Testament, the new will in my blood. Do this as often. Do this often. Do this often. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Don't forget. Keep it in the forefront of your thinking. Why? For as often as you eat this bread and as you drink this cup, you are showing the Lord's death till he come. You are not going through some religious activity. No. This is not tradition. You are proclaiming the fact of, what, of, of your common union and participation in what he did in his broken body and what he did in his shed blood. Wherefore, because that is the case, whoever shall eat this bread and drink <laughs> this cup unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. So let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Because you see, he that eat it and drink it unworthily, not whether he's worth it, and drink, drink it damnation to himself. Why? Not discerning the Lord's body. So the issue of eating or drinking unworthily is not discerning the Lord's body. He's saying you need to discern what was done in this broken body. You need to discern what was done in the shed blood. Be because, you see, when you don't discern what happens in this body, when you don't discern what is happening in this shed blood, for this cause, many are weak, sickly among you, and many sleep, which means they die prematurely. But if we judge ourselves, which means what? If we examine ourselves, and if we align ourselves with the truth of what he did in his body, and the truth of what he did in his blood, we will not be judged. He wouldn't have to come and correct us. Amen? In other words, what does he say? If you will rightly discern his body, and rightly discern his blood, and align yourself, judge yourself, you will not be judged, and you will not be weak, sickly, and die prematurely. That's what they're saying. So what should we do? Have communion often. Say have communion often. It is an act of faith. And you see, faith is confident in the sacrifice. Confidence in what Jesus did in his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. Now, um, 
Let me read, let me just, we're going to have communion at the end of the service, but let me um, read um, just something about how to have communion. And for those online, you can, if you don't have, you can just go download our app, TLMHCA, click on articles, and you will find um, how to have communion. You will also find some things about praying over your food, and you will also find some confessions and declarations that you need to make, that practices that you can have to stay in divine health. But all right, let me just um, read this one on communion. Hallelujah. Say praise the Lord, somebody. Praise Glory Lord. to God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Lord. Okay. And it is something along this line. Where I'm saying, I receive today with the understanding that I have a common union and fellowship and part in all that Jesus did in his body and all that he did in his shed blood on the cross. This bread represents the body of Christ that surely bore my sicknesses and carried my diseases. And by his stripes I were healed. I command every infirmity to get out of my body in the name of Jesus. And I receive Jesus' divine life and health flowing in every part of my being as I eat this bread. Do this often. This cup of grape juice represents the blood of Christ that establishes me in the new covenant. This blood speaks declaring that I am redeemed from every curse of every sort, be it generational or hereditary. This new covenant and will is valid and it takes effect in my life as I partake of God's divine nature and health to the healing promises of God that are yes and amen and certainty for me. I receive the blood of Christ. And you do that often. You do that weekly. You do that however often. Amen? And as I said, this is available on our app. Secondly, praying over your meals. Now let me tell you a quick, quick, quick back story. Back in 2013, um, when, when we were doing the renovations in here, we were meeting downstairs, there was one afternoon, I was falling off to sleep at home, probably around 1, 32 o'clock in the afternoon, and the Lord said to me, I'll, I'll show you how to pray over your food. And I thought, okay. And um, I was halfway between sleep and wake, and so the Lord began to talk to me, and these were a couple of things that he said to me, and I'm just going to give it to you in, in a bit of a chronological, systematic manner. And he quoted Exodus chapter 23 and verse 25 and 26, which says, where he says, number one, I will bless your bread and water, which means I will empower whatever goes into your mouth to do you good. And I will also, secondly, take sicknesses away from the midst of you. Right? He didn't mention this, but verse 26 says, um, that you, the number of your days you will fulfill. You could add that. And then, and then he mentioned Mark 16, verse 18, which says, if you eat anything deadly, it shall by no means hurt you. And then also, too, he also mentioned the fact that um, up until now, you have always felt that the life of the flesh is in the blood, which I thought, yeah, it does say so in Leviticus, 
But then he said, there's a higher source of life, and that is my spirit. And he said, as the body without, as, the, as faith without works is dead, so the body without the spirit is dead. And that the spirit source is a higher source of life. And hence, Romans chapter 8, verse 10 says that your body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. And then verse 11, but if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal body. You put that all together and it leads to Romans 8 verse 2 that says the law of the spirit of life in Christ makes you free from the law of sin and death and sickness and disease. Amen? Now, um, so, there's a, so, there's, so I began to pray over my food in that manner. I would, I would pray over my food. Um, you know, my wife and I, and I pray over my food. Father, I thank you that as I partake of this food here today, that everything that goes into my mouth is supernaturally blessed and empowered to do me good. And I thank you, Lord God, that even as I eat, you take sicknesses away from the midst of me. And I thank you, Father, that the same spirit that raised up Christ in the dead is quickening my mortal body. And that law of the spirit of life in Christ dominates me. That life flows into every cell, into every joint, and into every part of my being. And by Jesus Christ, I am healed. Even if I eat anything deadly, it shall be known means hurt me. Right? And there's a confession of, of regarding that that is also in the app. I'll skip it right now for the sake of time, but you can read it in the app. And then thirdly, um, confessions and proclamations, learning to talk right that is based on the sacrifice. That's also, in other words, you practice communion. Learn to pray over your meals. You're going to eat. Sooner or later, you're going to eat, right? <laughs> All right? So it's like every time you eat, or at least once a day when you eat, you do that. I believe then it's a practice. Amen? And then also learning how to talk right. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, that the preaching of the cross to them that perish is foolishness. But to you and I, the preaching of the cross is the power of God unto salvation. In other words, it produces the power for salvation, and divine health is part of that. The preaching of the cross, the proclamation, the declaration, the speaking. Amen? Titus 1 verse 3, God says that I will um, that, that he will fulfill his word through preaching. In other words, when you speak it and when you declare it, what will happen is that that word will be fulfilled. Jesus said in Luke 24 verse 44 that the reason why he spoke the things he, he spoke was not to impress the disciples. And it wasn't just to tell them what was going to come, but he spoke those things so that they might be fulfilled. He needed to speak them so that it could be fulfilled in his own personal life. So let me give you just a couple of confessions um, here. Glory to God. All right, here are some confessions for your divine health. Number one, just declaring. And don't forget, there's a spirit of faith, that authority. In the name of Jesus, I declare and I decree. And in all of these confessions and communion, there are scriptures, but I'm not going to quote the scriptures right now. I'm just going to read it. In the name of Jesus, I declare and I decree supernatural divine health and strength to every system and every organ in my body. My skeletal system, my muscular, my nervous system, my circulatory system, respiratory system, adrenal system, to my organs. I actually command divine and supernatural health to my tissues, to my cartilage, and to my blood. All whole because of the stripes of Jesus. They are all whole because of the stripes Jesus took on himself for me. My body is the temple of God, and I forbid sickness or weakness of any sort to dwell in God's temple. 
infirmities, you are part of the curse, and Christ Jesus himself became a curse for me and has redeemed me from every curse. Divine health is part of my inheritance, and I take it now, it is mine. That's one such confession. Here's another one. Sickness, disease, viruses, and germs. Now, let me tell you the reason for this second confession. There was, there was, a, there was someone um, close to me that was keep getting colds and infections, and they, they attribute it to their work environment. Somebody around them, or somebody in their workplace is sick or, and have something happening. Well, you can't help that. You're going to be in places where people are sneezing, where people are going to have something or the other. But because they have it and because it's in the atmosphere, doesn't mean it has a right to attach itself to your body. Are you with me? And that is where the law of the spirit of life in Christ needs to operate at a level so that the law of sin, death, sickness, and disease is made null and void. So I give them this confession. Sickness, disease, viruses, and germs may exist and even be in your environment. May, 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 may even be in environments that I may live in. But, and this is where you want to confess, my spirit is pregnant with the life of Christ, divine nature. And the law of the spirit of that life in Christ makes me free from the law of sin and death, sickness and disease. So in the name of Jesus, I command my immune system to be supernaturally, divinely empowered and fight off every sickness, every disease, every virus in the name of Jesus. I am the heal of the Lord. By Jesus' stripes, I were healed and I am healed. I command all of my body to obey the word of God. Divine health is part of my inheritance and I take it by force. Amen? Now here's another confession. This one is, this is a short confession. You can make a song with it. It's working, it's working. The healing power of Jesus is working. It's working, it's working. It's working in my body. Driving sick. Proverbs 6 verse 2 says, You are snared by the words of your mouth. So you got to learn to talk right. You say, but i got to deal with the circumstances. you got to be careful with that. Sometimes you need to communicate with someone, fine. But you get back on the word of God. Because you see, when you speak the, the circumstances, and you speak the problems, and you speak the symptoms, what happens is you are agreeing with them, and you are causing them to be established when in fact you need to have them changed. That is what Jonah says in Jonah 2 verse 8. He says, if I believe these, these lying vanities, these symptoms, I'm not saying they aren't there, but if I believe them and I receive them, then what happens is that I will, will, I will separate myself or alienate myself from the mercies of God, which is my deliverance. Amen? Now in closing, let me give you this final scripture. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 7 says, my mouth shall speak truth. The sacrifice is the truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness, and there is nothing forward or perverse in them. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen? Amen. So you can live in divine health. Jesus has paid the price for you to have divine health, but you've got to take it by force. You've got to know that it belongs to you, and you've got to have certain practices, certain practical actions in your life, like taking communion often, praying over your meals. You feel like something is rising up within you? Attack it. Don't wait for some full-blown stuff. Now, if you got some full-blown stuff, attack it too. 
Amen? There's no condemnation. But you've got to live this way. You've got to think this way. You've got to learn to talk right. And you have the power. You've got authority. It is in your mouth. Life is in the power of your tongue. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. You receive this? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, let's have communion over it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Who served in the communion elements? Praise God forevermore. So we're going to see this with communion today. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise God forevermore. I get to do this twice. Praise the Lord. You believe this is possible? Yes, ma'am. Amen. Glory to God. The gospel is for whosoever. It is a faith that it might be by grace, that a promise might be available to all the seed. Romans 4.16. So you don't have to be super duper Christian to live this. But you got to have grace and you got to believe. You got to have faith. You got to believe what is finished. Believe what is done. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God is not a respecter of persons. He is a respecter of faith. Amen. When a man raised please the Lord, he would make even his, all of his enemies to be at peace with him. Sickness is an enemy. And faith pleases God. When a man raised please the Lord, he would make his enemies to be at peace with him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Jesus did 
in his body. So now as I receive this body of Christ, I declare every sickness, every disease, every infirmity, I'm free from it. It has no right in this temple. And I declare, Jesus, you are the health of my countenance. You are my health. You are my saving strength. Jesus, I'm a member of your body and of your flesh and of your bones. So I declare and I receive divine health in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive. Praise you, Lord. Say, Father, this cup representing the blood of Jesus, I have fellowship, I have participation, I have a share in everything that Jesus finished. And according to this shed blood, every promise is mine, divine health is mine. It's my legal right. I am redeemed from every curse, be it hereditary, be it generational, or any other sort. In the name of Jesus, according to your word, Jesus said, his flesh is meat indeed, and his blood is drink indeed. And as I partake, I partake of his life. Divine health is mine. In Jesus' name. Let's receive. Now make this declaration. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, every time I eat, I declare that if there is anything that is harmful, pesticides, free radicals or whatever it might be it shall not hurt me and I declare according to your word everything that goes into my mouth it is blessed supernaturally empowered to do me good and I declare that the same spirit that raised the Christ from the dead dwells in me and quickens my mortal body 24 hours a day that divine power and health flows into every joint every organ every system every cell throughout my being and divine health belongs to me I declare by faith that the law of the spirit of life in Christ makes me free from the law of sin and death and sickness and disease. Father, I thank you. Divine health is mine. So I'm going to pray that way over my food. And right now, I declare and I speak to my body. Body, the word of God says, by Jesus' stripes, you are healed. 
So I command you to obey the word of God. Be in divine order. Line up with the word. Every part of this temple, God is to be glorified. So I declare, no matter the environment, no matter who has virus, no matter who sneezes, or any other such thing, I'm operating by the law of the spirit. The law of the spirit of life in Christ. And that keeps me free, makes me free from all sickness and all disease. They will not have dominion over me because I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. I am only getting what Jesus deserves. Thank you, Lord. He divine help is mine. Now, Lord, help me to keep a watch over my mouth and keep the door of my lips. Teach me to talk right so that I do not become snared by talking wrong. I, right now, make a commitment that unbelief is an abomination to my mouth. I speak the truth and I speak the sacrifice. And because I bridle my tongue with the word of God, I am able to bridle my whole body and live in divine health in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You just preach the whole message back to yourself. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. The just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk and we live by confidence in what Jesus has done in the sacrifice of Christ. Amen. Glory to God. Now, if you need somebody to agree with you on anything, and um, one of the pastors will be glad to do so. Amen? Amen. You are blessed. Coming in, going out. Blessed.